What's up, y'all? Welcome to Three Brothers in a Shot of Milk. We're talking superheroes, movies, TV, video games, anime, action figures, comic books, cartoons, and more. I'm Laura St. Victor. We got Jack Walker Pearson, Richard Wilson, Christopher St. Victor. Gentlemen, how is your week? How are you doing? What are you reading? What are you watching? What's going on? Everything is good, man. So we graduated from X-Men to the one season, the 2009 episode, the 2019 of Wolverine and the X-Men. So, oh, which was only got one season, but was actually surprisingly good. I feel like your Sebastian probably would like that one more than the original, right? Because it was you would think so. We tried, but then he's rewatching the X Men, other X Men episodes because the the original X Men series for him, I, and I thought the same thing too. I thought he's really obsessed with Wolverine. He's the, the other series is Wolverine centric. I yeah. thought he'd like it. He'd like it better. Nope. He's asking, I want the other X-Men series, Daddy. I want the other X-Men series. Good man. Good. For those out there who are new to the Marvel X-Men universe, there is more to the X-Men than just Wolverine. There's a a wonderful cast of characters and superheroes. (laughs) So Cyclops is actually pretty dope if if you read the X-Men comics. Nice, man. Right. Yeah, not in the 90s, not in the first X-Men anime series. Cyclops is kind of a jerk. But in the other ones, he's he's pretty cool. But what? Not, not he's the got the best costume in the nineties. He does. Cyclops in the nineties got the best yep. costume. Pouchy, so. pouchy than a mug. I love the pouchy. So many pouches. pouches. Rich, what's up with you, man? Let me tell you. Started playing Diablo Two Resurrected. You know, getting those eyes back. Um, kind of upset that you can't use the mouse and keyboard on the. On the Xbox, kind of annoying, but because it's definitely made for that. But they kind of they kind of ported it a little um, decently to the controllers. Um, and also got back into Destiny too because they got new mm. content coming out um, in a couple of months. So getting back into that, getting back in the swing of that, get my light level up, get my guns up, get my yeah. armor up. Yeah, don't you yeah me like you know what you're talking about. Anyway, you right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> and other than that, that's it. That's it. Just gaming. That sounds good to me. Jack, what's up with you? That's actually what I've been doing this week, too. I uh, haven't consumed a lot of content. Um, been working a lot. But I picked back up the Final Fantasy game that came out. I guess it was last year. Um, I'm trying to get my Platinum Trophy on it, which I'm very close to. So that's kind of what I was, I've been playing with. And then the only other thing that might be worth bringing up is it was my first time back in a theater in what a year and a half, almost two years now, which was interesting. It was kind of been on your first movie post pandemic. Yeah. First movie back. How'd you feel feel the theater? It was so I'm saying it was like, it was an interesting experience. It was nice to be back. I had the movie pass card. Then I went to the AMC card. I was seeing movies three times a week pre-pandemic. Back when we were in New York, I used to see movies almost every day at the AMC by the Juilliard School because it was right there. So we'd you know, wrap up class. i go see a movie with some of the people all the time. Like I love going to the movies. And it, so I missed not going. But it was a little awkward being back in there wearing a mask the entire film. Yeah. Um, but it was nice to be back. Yeah, I felt the same way. It's like – it's good to be back, but you're you're super aware of your surroundings when you just want to focus on the movie. You feel yeah. skeeved out, right? Yeah. Yeah. My week, yo, I've been consuming a lot of content this week, man. I finished. I'm caught up in the Berserker uh, series. Um, and yo, that book is dope. Yo, 
If y'all haven't picked up Berserker yet, pick it up. It's so, so well written. And I, I love how character uh, driven it is. And I won't give any spoilers, but, you know, you're dealing with an immortal trying to, you know, solve the mystery of why he is what he is. Yeah. Um, I finished Radiant Black, the volume one. Yo, yeah. if y'all like Power Rangers and you like Invincible, pick that joint up. That joint is freaking dope. Chris, I'm trying to get you to pick up Power Rangers. Pick pick up, pick up, pick it up, Chris. So I'm like a couple of volumes in on Power Rangers, but you know how life goes. Yeah. I, it's good though. The when I when I do read it, I absolutely 100 percent Boom it. Studios Power Rangers is amazing. What I love about Radiant Black, which is similar to Invincible, is that it's new content. So they can make and break whatever rules they want. And they're not like stepping on toes. There's no baggage with it. I think it's dope. I read my Batman 89 issue too. Mm-hmm. Did you guys, did you read, Jackie read yours? Chris, did you get yours? You no, got I saw it. Yet. I saw it. This week, this week, I'm going to get it. Well, no spoilers, but I will say it's an interesting read. And as good as it is, it does not feel like this would have been the continuation of the movies back in the 80s. <laughs> At all. No, I, I, I got I to agree with you on that, too. I was thinking yeah. that, too. It, yeah, I don't mind the content, but... It's not Batman 89. It could never be, because we're 2021, you know? And there, without giving spoilers, there's a lot of real-world issues that are being implemented into it that didn't even look like they were hinting towards in the original movie. But it's still a great read. Um. Oh, and I do listen to you guys when you give recommendations. And last week, I kept my mouth shut because Chris gave recommendations last week about what are some great <laughs> anthology series. He mentioned Love, Death, and Robots. And Have everybody nodded. And I, I sat there like... I've never seen I've seen clips <laughs> really? of it. I've never seen it. Oh, my goodness. Until I binged the whole thing this weekend. And yeah. what'd you think? It is freaking brilliant. It's incredible. Yes. It's br- yeah. I'm not too sure. Like, if you would have put that on and told me it was an episode of Black Mirror animated, I'd probably been like, it is. <laughs> so I don't know yeah. the biggest difference between the two, but it's amazing. The second season is not as fire as the first season. The first but, season of Love, Death, yeah. Robots is just, it's, it's a binge watcher. I, did I watched have- it kind of out of order. I just let them roll through. So I think I actually started with season two and then it rolled into season one. So for me, it just kept getting better, better. <laughs> as course, it went yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I thought that was fantastic, man. Great recommendation. I'm, I'm caught up on that. My favorite episode. I love the werewolf one. Oh, yes. That was amazing. That was so guys, good. That was dope. I mean... I mean, all of them are so good. The ones that just make you think. They do. Some just end before I think it starts. But it's kind of works that way. It's weird how, it's how they can get away with how, it. How like photorealistic some of the art is nowadays. You know, it, it, it really reminded me of what Final Fantasy does as far as like pushing the the boundaries of what we can accomplish um, CGI wise. And mm-hmm. some of the Love Death Robot ep- and and season two of the Love Death robot episodes were like my god are we just looking at people at this point it's crazy dude it's it's crazy i had to i had to pause and go that then you see like the mouth move or something and then that lets you know and i'm like this is crazy oh and another piece of news christopher st victor had a birthday this week hey thank you you. yo last year in your 30s bro how do you feel 
like an old wow. man. But old again, again man. For those of you who uh, are following us on, uh, not following us on Instagram, if you want to see pictures from his birthday party and they're hysterical. Oh, those he balloons! The, listen, I saw the pictures from his party. I was like, wait, is this his kid's party? Let's he had <laughs> Chris's wife makes these balloons for events. So I, she made him these Batman balloons. This is dope yep. Batman decoration. You had like a little kid birthday party. I did, I did. So <laughs> shout out to Visual Affairs, which is my wife's company, which keeps me keeps us extremely busy. But uh, yeah, she did a whole thing, a whole Batman, um, a whole Batman theme uh, balloon garland with a Batman cake. It was pretty dope. It was a good. Time. Uh, you, you say you got an Xbox? Did you say Xbox? Xbox. I got an Xbox Series S. I did. Ooh, but now I'm, I, I, I'm slightly, slightly, slightly less than casual now. <laughs> slightly less than well, you have slightly, to be. That's an investment. You can't yeah. like play casually when you got that thing. Well, you said Series uh, S. Yeah, yeah, the all digital S- one. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, uh, they wanted stupid money for the disc one, and I just yeah, yeah. So probably not even worth it at this point. I guess if you're a purist. Nah, Rich is a purist. I'm still casual. <laughs> oh, man. But, Chris, I got to ask you a question, though. What's, what's going on, Lawrence? What do you get when you cross a superhero and the Dead Sea? What do you get when you cross a superhero and the Dead Sea? A Deadpool. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh man. Do you get it? Why? Chris, do you get it? <laughs> I get it. Jack, do you get, get it. it? It's a dead pool. Get it? <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on to a segment that I know we all enjoy. So first, you're going to make a right at the light, a left on Main Street, and then you will hit the collector's corner. It's show and tell time. Here at the Collector's Corner, we take stuff out of our toy chest, stuff out of our bookshelf, and we present you guys our collection that could be sentimental or worth millions of dollars. Gentlemen, what do you got? I have been dying to show this to you guys for a better part of a month at least. It just hasn't been the right time. I'm not sure right now is the right time, but I can't wait any longer. <laughs> I picked something up. You probably recognize the cover. Yo. This is Fantastic Four number 52, and it is the Black Panther's very first appearance ever. Wow. And it's in great condition. That's the other thing. How much is that that worth, Jack? Let me say this. I have been trying to get this comic for about four years now, like actively every week trying to get this comic. I've been putting on bids on eBay, other platforms, and uh, every now and again, a person does not realize what they have. And every now and again, these things go unnoticed. And after about four years of bidding on this damn comic, some dude threw it up. And it went completely under the radar, and I got it for a ridiculously crazy low price. Can, can, I know, you don't have to give us the exact price, but can you give us a number and then tell us how much it's possibly worth? Can we see the difference? Can we see how much you came up, Jack? I would guess that in its condition, it's minimally worth a few thousand dollars. I could probably Ooh. sell this right now for a few thousand dollars. Okay. Bruh. If... 
it max max value, which is not max value, but I would guess this is man, it's crazy how good the value of this is too. That's the thing that's just mind boggling to me that it went unnoticed. Um, max value is I think it's about one hundred and fifty five thousand dollars right now. What? Bro. Yeah. So I'm super wow. stoked to, to super stoked to add that to my collection, and I've been dying to show you guys. I feel proud to be your friend. Uh, okay. Well, you well, I'm happy question to is, know you. My question yeah. is, how much did you pay for it? Yeah. Give us. You don't have to give us the exact, but give us a, an approximation. I paid under a hundred. Talk what? about it. That's a come up. For anybody up. listening like, who doesn't understand, that's what I call a come up. Congratulations, sir. Congratulations, Congratulations Jack. But it took like four years, so there's that. That's worth I it. Mean, hey, it is what it is. Why did Jack go first? Like, who's know. going I after just, I yeah, I can't last. Yeah, Show us your Sentinel. Uh, like, I mean, is, what's going so, yeah, after? I finished the Sentinel, guys. So. <laughs> Yo, look how good that looks. <laughs> Here it is. How much is that worth, Rich? <laughs> Twenty bucks, maybe. Nah, dude, it's priceless. Is what that's worth. Uh, well, let me get a look at it, Rich. Oh, here we go. Yeah, got the three heads on there. Got so scrawny arms there. Rich has been. I felt like for the last few months, been piecing together this build a figure yeah, Marvel last, Legends series. Yeah, last couple months. Yeah. And you finally saw, got your Sentinel. And I got my Sentinel now. And now I think I'm gonna do the what if and get the watcher. Wait, wait, yes. wait, wait. Go, what what figures did you not show us last uh, time? I showed them all. The only one I didn't show was the Wolverine because I didn't pick that one up. But that Wolverine, the Wolverine doesn't come with anything. Oh, okay, okay. It's probably it's probably the dopest one. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't have this Wolverine. Wolverine is Dude, good. I gotta say, con- congratulations on putting that thing together. It's been a long For time real. coming. Yeah, I've never done it, Jack. Do not patronize me, Jack. All right. <laughs> the guy with a thousand dollars. Can we talk, can we talk about book. your shirt though? Because I am dying to see this thing. Oh yeah, this is a this is a, one of my sure finds when I went Ooh, to Ocean show. City. Yeah, you you hockey show. Um, it's like kind of like a uh, Grand Theft Auto type of theme the way they put it together. Uh-huh. And then it has the name on the side. This nice. would go on a sweatshirt and that would go on the sleeve, but you know, I was like, just put it on the side. But yeah. <laughs> I think every time I go to Ocean City, which I do like twice a year, I'm gonna uh, pick up a few of these shirts because they had like a lot of good designs and they got it's nice quality t-shirts. And then the design itself is like if you can hear it through my mic, it's a uh, very, very yeah, very good quality. Yeah, nice man, I approve. Nice. Lawrence nice, is nice. giving you a run for your money this week, though. What? Not Dude, really, what? though. Not on, really. Man. I got this. Are you kidding? Uh, my that uncle got me this yeah. Batman t-shirt. What does it say? Gotham City, City Tour. tour? That's All right. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but with the pouches of belts, all right. Yes, it kind of has a, a a metal vibe, but it's not metal. But it kind of mm, has that art on that. Yeah, what is that Metallica type? Like that's Metallica yeah, Metallica, like, right? like, yeah. like a Metallica puppets. logo. Uh, uh, I'm trying to just, I'm trying to step. I'm never gonna catch up to Rich's T-shirt game, but every now and then maybe I can just sit with him, sit with him <laughs> for a second. I'm just trying to like be next to him. Oh uh, man, Chris, what's up with you, man? So uh, let me show you what I got. So I, I went to my parents' house today, and I got uh, I pulled some of my old comics. So I have Batman. Oh, yeah, oh, Batman uh, five hundred. Uh, it was part of the the, the Nightfall storyline. Look how pouchy that belt is. That's when I don't um, know if, But describe that cover because when you flip the cover so over, it's Azrael. It's foil. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's pretty cool. It's a foil comic. Um, Prior Jack said this is worth whopping $90. So listen, there you go. (laughs) I have Thanos number one. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm not sure how much this one's worth. I know Lars showed it, but I read it. So I have the Death of Superman comic. (laughs) I thought I saved the bag, but I guess I didn't. And then I have Wolverine and the Punisher. I so have those. Yep. I was, right. to find, I was trying to find my Venom Lethal Protector, but uh, I don't know. I, I, my patience for digging through bins was... <laughs> I'll pull it up eventually, but it's around. I know I know it's in my parents' house somewhere. <laughs> nice, man. Nice. Um, me, so last week, a couple weeks ago, on Instagram, you can follow us on Three Brothers and a Shot of Milk on Instagram. I posted some dude's artwork and I thought it was amazing, so I had to get it myself. So this dude, Chuck Styles, he's just this dope painter and he does a lot of black work. So I had to go and pick up this bad boy right here. Oh, that so is dope. So basically what it is, is you have Miles Morales, Static Shock, and Cyborg painted to the cover of Boys in the Hood. Um, And they're kind of leaning on a Cadillac, and it's so dope. Uh, Static Shock has, like, um, yellow and uh, purple throughout his costume because that's a throwback to just Kobe, and he's wearing Kobe's on his feet. Um, The license plate says, uh, if you see the license plate, this will be on the gram. But the uh, license plate says JDS, and that's um, John Singleton's initials. So okay. showing love to John Singleton. And I just, nice. it's dope, man. That's For cool. me, um, like a lot of the artwork on my wall, I got Superman, Batman. It's nice to have, like, black people. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I love this because these kids, if you were to change the colors, would have looked like a couple thugs. Some of them are like, oh, those are thugs. But it's like, nah, these are heroes. Heroes, so, yeah. This That's is pretty dope. sick. This is going on the wall. I'm very, I was so happy when this came in. Um, please check him out. His name is Chuck Styles. You type, just Google his name. You'll you'll see his work. He has some great stuff with um, Malcolm and Martin and Jay Z stuff, Beyonce stuff. He does a lot of really great work. Um, I think he has T-shirts too, um, prints and canvases. Check him out. But sick. That's sick. Dope. Sick. 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 I'm so very happy nice. about that. Great picks, gentlemen. Great, great, great picks. I think it's time for the news. It's time for the news. Now, guys, we have some things that are adjacent to us. And I think this Western coming out is kind of adjacent to what we like. We have The Harder They Fall coming out starring Idris Elba, Regina King, and basically every black actor in Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) That's accurate. I thought the trailer was pretty dope, man. It looked like it was fun, stylized action. It's like they having having a good time. What did you guys think of it? It looks like it's gonna be fun. It, that's for sure. It, it actually it does kind of remind me of the uh, Magnificent Seven. It looks like it's yeah. kind of big and poppy, like Magnificent Seven. It's action comedy vibe. To be honest, I love that the entire cast looks black. 
it mm-hmm. looks like that's such a fun way to spin a genre that for almost a century has predominantly been white you know yeah and i yeah. think that 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 novelty alone is going to make this content special and not just another kind of fun big tentpole western absolutely and jay-z is producing it so like yeah the music's gonna be dope has yeah. to be dope and uh, lawrence bender is another producer and he's quentin tarantino's guy so hopefully between like all those heads it's gonna be something just fun as hell man anytime you give idris alba a six shooter i'm down for that what do you think about that rich <laughs> oh i enjoy it like when i looked at it i saw Wait, oh, you talk, oh, shut up, man. Whatever. <laughs> Listen, don't be hating on Idris Elba, okay? First and foremost, all right? Second of all, to get back, I, I really up, was digging, I really was digging the trailer. I, I got the whole, um, I don't know if anybody ever watched Posse. Yes. No, yes. Mary Van Peebles. Yes, yes. Mary Van Peebles, yes. Oh, shoot, yes. I got those, I got those, uh, I got those vibes from Posse. I'm like, yo, you know, all black Western, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on. It's gonna, it's gonna be. It's gonna be. It looks good. I'm, I'm. I can't wait for it. So recently, Henry Cavill spoke to a site, spoke to a reporter, and the news came up about whether or not, you know, is he up for Bond? Is he even interested in playing James Bond? And Henry said that is something that he that still continues to fascinate him. So, what do you guys think about Henry Cavill? Jumping into the shoes of James Bond because if Daniel Craig is done, it appears he's done. Right. I think he already pro- proved himself in the man from uncle that he can do that genre and deliver that genre. So I think he's, he got the look, he got the, I think it'll work. He can do it. Yeah, Absolutely. Definitely can. Definitely can. Do you guys think that there was, cause we put this on um, Instagram today for those of you listening, it was probably like five days ago. Um, it was on Instagram and somebody said that he's already played so many iconic roles. And I thought about that. Like, I can't remember Daniel Craig, Sean Connery, all those guys, like they didn't play like a big character before Bond. Right. Right. So with Henry Cavill, is he too polarizing? Like he's Superman. He's the Witcher. He's um, Witcher. I don't don't know about that because this I mean, listen, it's still Hollywood. It's the way the entertainment industry works. And they've all played once you play one iconic tent pole it opens the door for you to be the mantle of like 20 i mean look at ryan reynolds how many damn superhero movies are we gonna put this guy in mm-hmm. that's true that's but true. i guess the question is with bond since bond is so big they don't need a famous face to care to, to propel that it does it itself so it, would it be harder to see him in the role uh, and not go Daniel, that Superman. When Daniel Craig stepped into the role. He had an incredible resume going into it, and we'd seen him in a million films already. But he wasn't Superman. He wasn't but Batman. He was anticipated. He was like, "Oh shit, Daniel Craig's walking into this thing. It's gonna rock." Mm. Or they were hating on him because he was blind. <laughs> they were. They were. They were. Ridiculous. Yeah, um, they were looking at them. They were giving him a real hard time. I guess. I guess the question is like, if if when they want to cast Superman, we always say it's better to go with an unknown or someone who's known but not iconically famous. You wouldn't mm. want The Rock to play Superman because right, you and can't yet they were. They, you, how hard were they trying to cast uh, Nicolas Cage in the film at well, that time in his career too? Tim Burton. Anything went with Tim Burton. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But um, I think I think I mean, if you ask me, I think Henry Cavill would be the best representation of Bond because he's as he's he's 
he's strong and gritty like Daniel Craig, but he still right. has the kind of look, the the old school kind of Bond look. He's so got a I different level of sophistication that he brings yeah. to a role, you know? Yeah. Like Daniel Craig brought this raw quality that's so appealing for an origin story. That's not really Henry. Henry, even in The Witcher, he's got this air of sophistication about him. You know? Right. Yeah. But he still has meat on the bone as opposed to of like, course. you know, Pierce Brosnan's version, the, the other versions. Okay. Idris Elba, you know, there's some fans that want Idris to be Bond rich. Um, Listen, why not? Because he's black. So what? He's not going to. You can't go into a bank in Milan and like, whoa, 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 oh, no whoa, whoa, whoa. one knows. You can. I'm gonna just ignore all this racism right now. All right. <laughs> just gonna it's ignore tough, it. It's all. tough handling those those gadgets with fried chicken grease at your fingers. And wow. on that note, I think we're wow. gonna move on. So the Umbrella wow. Academy, it's confirmed that their new season will come out 2022. So we're gonna get some season three Umbrella Academy, which okay, um, I, I enjoy it. I'm not super excited, but I, I'm always happy when I watch it. Really? Yeah, I was I was good with the first one. Like yeah. I didn't read the comics. I was good with the first one. The second one was kind of like meh. I mean, I'm not I'm not excited that it's coming out, but I'll watch it. Like you know, I'll be I'll be that guy that continues on and finish see how it finishes it off. I'll be the so, guy that gets off that train. Yeah, As a matter of fact, are, I got off always, after the first season. There's two kinds of people guy. in this world, Jack. <laughs> Some of us we have to finish what we start no matter what. I mean, I guess here's where I'm at with this. I, I support the content, and I support content like it being made. That one specifically wasn't speaking to me. After season one, I had to get off the train. Oh, so you didn't see season two? I couldn't after season one. Oh, wow. See, no. and you know, and it's funny because I'll hear people tell me, you're not watching season two? It's so good. I'm like, nah, you betrayed my t-. Like there was, what was that show, man? It was a Netflix show. It was like the OA or something like that. Oh cool yeah, content, I that. man, dude, it was dope. Season one was dope, right up until the point the season ended, and they broke all their trust with me. And then, and then everyone was like, "Yo, season two was even better." I was like, "Nah, you betrayed my trust in season one. F you, you don't get a second chance." Dang, Jack. <laughs> okay. Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> all right. My problem with Umbrella Academy season one, I liked, and then uh, before I watched season two, I watched Watchmen, which was mm. mind-blowingly amazing. And then I tried to put on Umbrella Academy right after that, and it just was so two polar opposites. I just, I just couldn't. It's like, it's like eating at a fine restaurant and eating at McDonald's. McDonald's is good by itself, but when you compare it to stuff that's really, really good, you're like, eh, why am I eating this? <laughs> okay. <You're> like, <laughs> it ain't two a.m. and you're the only thing open. I don't gotta go yeah. for it. No, it's not two a.m. Fair enough. Um, I'm gonna watch it just because. I'm a I'm a finisher, and it, it it's doing things that no other content is doing in their storytelling. So uh, I have no idea where it's gonna go, and I enjoy that, even if it's not where I want to go. Venom it broke Venom, the three Venom. day pandemic uh, record, man. It, it, it's made about probably more by this point, but ninety point one million in its first three days. I'm not which is Pretty fantastic. It is. I feel like we're going to continuously see this, especially with everything kind of like opening back up and whatnot, because people are like going into into a lockdown and coming back out. Yeah. I feel like if the world was back to normal or was that running at normal, it really wouldn't hit that many that many numbers. I think the biggest shocker is that it outperformed Black Widow, Mm. but then Black Widow still came out on Disney Plus at the same time. It's unfair, these comparisons. 
And yeah. Black Widow came out when less people were comfortable going into the theaters. Right. Yeah. Which is point. why they also put it on Disney Plus. Yeah. Shang Chi kind of like I guess gave a lot of studios confidence because that came out exclusively in the theaters. And I think this and Venom is letting them know people are gonna go back and you're gonna make money. One thing I'm I I did miss about it was funny. I missed it and then I was annoyed by it. Because what, I 30 missed... minutes later, the movie didn't start yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, I missed seeing all the dope trailers in the theaters. And holy yeah. F-ball, man, there are some incredible trailers that were shown during the Venom movie. This is yep. the news, so let's talk about it. The Eter- That Eternals trailer. The Eternals trailer answered all my concerns going into watching the where, Eternals. They, where they were you? The- yep. Yeah. Oh yep. my yeah. God. They asked the question. They asked the question I wanted to ask. Why didn't you get involved with Thanos? And they answered the question. I'm like, all right, dude, this movie is going to be sick. I didn't, so epic. You I missed it? A, I didn't get an Eternals trailer. No? Oh, no, nah. Really? Oh, yeah. you went to the. Wait, wait, you went I went to, to. I went to Regal. Yeah. Maybe yeah, they didn't so have it. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Like that. I went to a Cinemark. I went to AMC too. Interesting. Mm. Uh, but it was. I mean, that trailer. It looks like this is the beginning of the next phase. Shang Chi was a little bit more like Black Panther, where it was like a concentrated story. But this one looks like yeah. it has to affect everything. everything. It's too big. It's too big not to. Yeah. So that looks and fantastic. And the characters and the dope. And you're like, yo, Angelina Jolie's in this joint. Yeah, you just keep seeing more, like, face after face. Like, this is yep. like, and their power set. I mean, we can go on about the Eternals trailer. And I'm sure all of you like, have seen it by now because it's been It'll out. be a future episode. Definitely going to be a future episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. More excited um, by the trailer than I heard. I heard Superman was in there. Superman hey, was in there, easy, but he had like easy. yellow laser beams. Easy, yeah. easy. Daredevil. There's a lot of Daredevil Charlie Cox rumors going around, and apparently there's a rumor he's going to appear in the next Marvel series called Echo. He's also rumored to show up in Hawkeye. There's rumors of him popping up that push rumors of John Bernthal's Punisher popping up, and I'm like, well, I just don't think any of this is going to happen. Well, hang on, I'll, I'll say this: Can Cox be in any Marvel thing at this point? Honestly, yes. Yep. Can? Can? Yes. Will? That's a different question. That's the question. Hell, and man. Does... Hell, man. We could see Hugh Jackman in any of this shit now. <laughs> I mean, it's a game changer. So now it just comes down to business. Does Marvel <laughs> slash Disney want to play with Netflix co-creations, or would they rather just create their own? Do they want to play ball? That's the question. Marvel has a pretty decent track record in the past with crossovers and playing ball and there's no way you can't say they aren't examining that those options with what they gave us in the movie we're going to talk about so we'll see what happens with that rich video game news we got some choo choo charles do you know about this one choo choo charles choo choo charles okay here's choo choo charles choo choo charles is an up-and-coming open-world horror game where you have to explore an island via your little yellow train. As you search around the island, meeting locals and finding parts to upgrade your train, you need to keep an eye out for Charles, a giant spider train monster that is hungry and wants to eat your flesh and probably your train. (laughs) Choo-choo, Charles. What? What is... Wait, what? Is this Where nuts? did you get this from? I, it's on. I got it on. Um, 
I don't know. It's on the website. <laughs> is this not is this is this not is this not hyped in the video game world? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Are you gonna it's, skip Choo Choo Charles Rich? I'm, is this an independent? Like players try to survive a horrifying train spot. That's exactly what they describe it. Yes. Okay. Yes, it's Choo Choo Charles. <laughs> so you just exactly what they described. <laughs> okay, so, so Rich is not gonna buy Choo Choo Charles, everybody. So I think <laughs> we're done with the news. <laughs> now it's time to stop being so freaking polite, Chris. Time to put your boxing gloves on, Jack. Rich, it's time to get focused. Lawrence, get your head in the game because it's time for a debate. Get ready to rumble. If you can put any three Marvel characters into the next Spider-Man film, who would they be and why? This is very important. We're, we're, Kevin Feige is giving you the keys, saying, hey, help build this next phase. Who are you going to put Your with daddy, Tom Holland? What did he do? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Let me go. Let me go. Let me go. Okay, Chris. Number one, I'm going to say this. I'm going to go first. I know everyone's going to say it. Miles Morales. I would Dang love it. to see. Yeah, I know. I, I knew. I knew Jack had it. I knew you had it. So I wanted to say it. <laughs> Miles Morales. Number two is Kingpin. Not Michael Clark Duncan Kingpin, but uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio okay. Kingpin. He, his portrayal of that villain was so deep and amazing. I think yeah. for us to see him on a big screen would be amazing. Let but you, you, you're one, sticking though. him in the Spider-Man movies. Do you think we his tone will fit? Yes. Oh, or yeah. Oh, thing. yeah. He's not strong enough. That version of Kingpin get his little. Oh, yeah. I don't, oh, yeah. Need, I don't need. I don't need him to be strong. I need his his criminal mind. That's He'll be the Lex Luthor of that series of that movie. Bingo. The movies. Bingo. And then last is Craven the Hunter because mm. you know we see we see some we've seen a lot of cartoony villains for Spider Man, but I would like to see like a grimy, super dangerous hunter. That's hunting Spider-Man. Who you can, ca- I want you, you. Who you're casting? You got to cast these guys. You got the keys to the kingdom. Um, I would do. Okay, so we have Vincent D'Onofrio by default. I do an unknown young kid as uh, Miles Morales. Someone who's oh, half the kid half. from the kid from Grownish is going to be so pissed off at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Craven. Oh man. Okay, okay. You know who might be a good Craven if he bulked up? The guy who plays Trevor in uh, Grand Theft Auto, and he was in Grand, he was in Walking mm, Dead too. Yeah, yeah. He had just okay. a scary, oh. scary, scary demeanor. And yeah. he, and if he bulked him up and you know set him up right, he may be a good Craven. Okay. I don't know how your Kingpin survives in this John Hughes. Very family-friendly Spider-Man franchise because it's still the tone no. of the movies. Right, right. But look, you you look at the you look at the Daredevil content. Daredevil wasn't R-rated content. It was still PG, PG thirteen. But it content. wasn't a wasn't a teen family movie. It wasn't Disney. It wasn't Disney. It wasn't Disney. It wasn't. Now but... I will say this though: Vincent D'Onofrio, given the opportunity, going to rise at any occasion and adapt any anything appropriate. But is that the kingpin you want? No, because he's also weak as shit. I, 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 I don't. He ain't not competing looking. with that Spider-Man. Spider-Man gonna be like this. Spider-Man awesome. saved the universe against Thanos, and he's gonna struggle against. Yeah, I mean, that also, kingpin. Keep this in mind: 
this Spider-Man actually is more equipped than the other two Spider-Men. True, true. No, that's true. But I think what you're going to see is it's not going to be a one-on-one fight. With Kingpin, Kingpin is going to dismantle Oh, now he's Spider-Man. writing the content too. We didn't say you could write the script. Well, look, you're just going to put him in. You guys are poking holes. Mm-hmm. Questions. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you guys are asking. You're getting sassy, so, Chris. Yes. So what he's going <laughs> to so do is he's, he's going to destroy Spider-Man's life. He's going to just destroy Spider-Man emotionally. He's going to destroy Spider-Man mentally, and then he'll Spider-Man will be beaten before a punch is thrown. I got one other question. Why does Kingpin care Spider-Man's not in Hell's Kitchen? (laughs) You know, Spider-Man swings across the city. He'll swing across the blocks in the 40s. (laughs) (laughs) I hate him. Let's destroy his life. All right. Yeah. D'Onofrio, fantastic. That's that's where I'm at. What do you guys Jack? What do you guys, Jack? All right. All right. Here's Here's what I come up with. First off the bat, Alex... Asher. And y'all may be going, who's Alex Asher? Yeah. Well, I am. That most definitely. Okay. AKA Access. And now you might be going, that doesn't help me understand who he is at all. You're doing a Jack. wonderful job producing this that movie, Jack. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Alex Asher, AKA Access, is the only comic book character owned by both Marvel and and DC Comics. And the role he played was joining the two universes in the Marvel versus DC crossover. So I would put Alex Asher in the new Spider-Man movie because we're dealing with a multiverse setting anyways and let this stuff go crazy! But if you can't get access to the DC characters, this sucks. It plans to see (laughs) It plans to see that it's, it, it, it's the first step towards building a bridge, a cinematic bridge. And so I put Alex Asher in there and see what happens. Obviously, the most important addition to the Spider-Man movie that I would put in there is infallibly, without a doubt, the one, the only yep. Spider-Pig. Of course. I knew you were going to say that. Wow. <laughs> wow. And, wow. Then, and, and then I'm at a crossroads because I want to see Miles Morales in the film. But yeah. but if I'm being honest, I also really want to see Silk in the film. Mm. And so if I had to pick between Miles Morales and Silk, I might go with Silk. Jack, you're choosing the... Th- you choosing characters that's not going to drive people to see this movie at all. They're going to be happy probably once they see it, but your trailer is going to be like. Well, okay. here's here's the reason I went with here's the reason I went with Silk, and it has it has less to do with the content and more to do with the politics of the world we live in right now. Mm-hmm. And we're we're in a polarized time where, thank God, finally African Americans are are really getting content catered towards them, right? And they're getting a sh- some some version of a shot. I don't know that I'd say that's as true with the Asian community. So Silk being an Asian lead female, I think it might do more for pushing this industry forward, which also just helps the black community and, and all communities that are underserved yeah. right now. There are way too many black characters uh, out right now. Definitely got way too many black characters. 100%. And that's what I was getting at, down. <laughs> That's what I was getting at. Yeah. No, I'm with Silk. Silk Scope, when you can establish a new character, I'm with that. Right. Who are you casting as Silk, and who are you casting as um Asher? Uh, I would... 
find a casting director that does that for a living to do a better job than I would venture on. He's not. You ain't gonna hook your friends up with a job, dang Jack. <laughs> you can play the voice of Spider Pig, maybe. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I'll hear. do it. Let me hear. Here, here's your line. I'll give you your line. Give you my line. Peter, look out! It's Venom. Peter, look out! It's Venom. Wow. That's the voice of Spider Pig. That's my Spider Pig. That's my Spider Pig. No, my Spider Pig. I'm going against the type, man. I'm 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 doing what Tom Hardy would do. Wow. <laughs> Lawrence is transcending barriers even within the pig verse. <laughs> I totally failed this one. I'm yeah. But uh I picked who I want to see in there. I want to see Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I knew he was gonna say that. Uh, I want to see Wolverine, Hugh yeah, Jackman, yeah, yeah. and I picked yeah. someone obscure. How does the, pick, no? But you have to make your movie make sense. Wait, 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 wait. Let him finish. Let him finish. Let him finish. Because right, right, right now, bad. Rich, Rich is selling the movie that everyone actually is going to pay tickets to see. So yeah, Rich got a blockbuster again. Go ahead. Yeah, Rich okay. got a blockbuster again. And I picked strong guy. Rich doesn't have a blockbuster. No, nope. <laughs> you don't even know strong guy. First of all, strong guy. I do know who's strong guy. Who's strong X guy? X Factor, B X Factor yeah. or X Force. Kind of like okay, yeah, but he's a smart dude. He think of him like as a uh, as beast, but without the beast. He's just a super strong dude, super smart. And uh, yeah, I don't know who, who's going to play him though. I got to figure that one out. But uh, I mean, yo, listen, the dynamic girl. between Deadpool, Wolverine, and 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 Spider Man. Like, first of all, Deadpool already has a crush on both of them. So it's going to be just crazy, just chaos happening. This is the second like love triangle thing you've pitched with Deadpool in the middle. <laughs> it's content. You're right. You're right. Mine aren't as sexy as all of yours. Mine are pretty basic, but uh, Miles Morales, of course. Of course. Um, and and I'm casting a kid from Grownish because he wants it, and why not? Because I think I think it would be great. Because right now, Peter Parker in this universe has been the little kid. So now yeah. having somebody younger than him coming up will like mature him in a way he hasn't had. He's now he gets to be a mentor. We haven't seen That's that right. yet. He is still in high school, isn't he? Yeah. He and is. then this kid would be like in middle school or something. And my then love I triangle would, might be a problem. Your love triangle is always a problem. <laughs> <laughs> he's always he didn't a even problem. Put Miles Morales in his film. No, but he's worrying about <laughs> Spider-Man being underage because there really is a love triangle with the <laughs> Wolverine and Deadpool. Um, now, this is not a sexy uh, character at all, but I really want him in it is Uncle Ben. And this is why. Uncle Ben is so important to Spider-Man. His death is so important to Spider-Man. And he is not really a part of this universe, really. He's barely mentioned. He's not mentioned at all. And I think... Just like the Waynes dying, just like Krypton exploding, even more so, Uncle Ben is a tragedy that was Peter's fault. Uh, he could have stopped that guy. Yes, you have to see flashbacks, it. or are we see yes. actual as it happens, so we get into the origin stories. You need the origin stories because if you're telling me that you have a different take on Spider-Man, then I need to see how your Peter responded to this death. I can't just take other versions and say, oh, that's it's not the same Peter. So how did this Peter, how did Tom Holland's Peter handle being at fault for for his father figure dying? Maybe he wasn't. But because it's a multiverse story in your story, Uncle Ben comes back alive and then Peter kills him. (laughs) That works, too. (laughs) We just kill. We can kill as many Uncle Ben's as we want. It's the multiverse. 
Um, my 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 third character, and it's not really a character. It's the without Venom, I want the symbiote to to come into this world. I want Peter to interact with it. Yeah. I want him. I want it to be a scenario where. He, for whatever reason, gives up on all this stark technology. It doesn't work. It's not who he is. And then this substance comes on him. And we get to see this version of Spider-Man, like, freaking berserk out. Honestly, I'll say this. This version of Spider-Man is really the first version of Spider-Man where extraterrestrial beings exist. Yeah. It wouldn't be a stretch for this this to happen. And I'd love to see it with this Spider-Man because he's so good and so wholesome and so sweet. I'd like to see him break bad because of the symbiote. So those are my picks. And Uncle Ben, who am I going to cast? Dude, I'm freaking. If I'm keeping it within this universe, I got to cast somebody that's around Marissa Tomei's age. I can't go like grandfather because that was her husband. So I'm going to go with. um, John Slattery. Tom Hanks. If I can get Tom Hanks, Tom to Hanks, be, you know, Uncle I ben. was gonna. That's that's unfair for you to say Tom Hanks because I was about to shred your Uncle Ben, putting him into the Spider-Man content. And then I, to and then I said, then, then I say Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks, but he shouldn't die. He should get powers and he should maintain himself in the cinematic universe at that point. Uncle Ben should yeah, get powers wait, come on, and man. maintain himself. Tom in the- Hanks in the film, and then they're gonna kill him in like ten seconds yes, in a flashback yes. scene. You crazy? Yes. Well, now yeah. you're off the show. You put a you pig in yours. <laughs> no, yeah, he's I part put of a it. Spider pig in mine. Thank you. Uh, there we go. Sorry, sorry. This debate has fallen off the rails. All great ideas, guys. But let's get to the reason why we're here. Let's get to the main topic. It's time for the main event. Yes. Spoiler alert all around. Let me tell you something. This movie is generic than a mug, but there is a post credit that you're not going to want spoiled if you haven't seen it yet. So just because you think you know what's going to happen in this movie, if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert. Here we go into the world of Venom. We are here. Cletus Cassidy asked, uh, asked Eddie Brock to interview him again. He's going in there again. Basically, they talk, 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 talk. They build a relationship. Cletus Cletus is like, I know you. You know me. Eddie Brock is still walking around with venom inside of him. And basically, they're just fighting the whole time. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. I need food. That's pretty much their dialogue the whole way through. They get into a part where, like, who's controlling the body? Venom wants to be let free. Wind in his hair. Sand between his toes. And Eddie Brock is like, no, you're messing up my life. He visits Cletus Cassidy again. Cletus bites Eddie Brock on the hand because Eddie Brock told the story that's going to get Cletus lethal injection. And then by getting blood in his system, Cletus now turns into carnage literally right before lethal injection. And he kills not everybody, but a lot of the guards. He doesn't go maximum carnage. He goes minimum carnage here. He goes medium carnage here. And then um, basically, the only person that can stop him is Venom. So Eddie Brock and Venom, they had a, they, they, they broke up, and now they got to get back together. They get back together, and then they have to fight freaking Carnage. Carnage went and got his boo from being a child because he found this woman that he really loves because she was his light when they were locked up in an asylum as kids, and she was taken away. So he breaks her out. They decide to get married. Okay, they get married. But they also held 
freaking Eddie Brock's girl captive so Eddie Brock can get lured in and Venom has to die because Carnage wants to kill Venom for reasons. <laughs> and Cletus reasons. wants to kill Eddie Brock because he told on him. And Pretty the girl much. wants to kill someone. And the girl wants to kill the freaking the cop. cop who shot her eye out when she blew his eardrum out. But she still had an eye. It just was a cooler color now. It's just a cooler yeah. color now. So there's a lot of whole, like, we just got to get the people back to hurt us the most. Basically, Venom wins. He bites Cletus's head off. The end. They're on a beach somewhere. And we're going to save that for here until we get into the post credit. Let's just talk about the movie. Wait, and the wait, most you, guys, you guys hear that? Hold on a second. Tell me, you guys hear that? What is it sounds it? like a buzzing. Can you hear that? No. No, you know what that is? That's an Oscar buzz for the magic that is Venom. Oh, Mac- wow. Oh, so oh, okay. All right. <laughs> oh, I guess Chris liked the movie. So let's just, just, let's just jump in, man. We don't need to... Are we really not talking about the post-credit scene yet? We'll get there. Let's talk yeah, about the movie best. first. Let's talk about the movie yeah, first. I will say that post-credit scene might have been more interesting than the whole film. <laughs> it was more interesting than the whole film, but let's talk about the movie so, first. There was a lot that, that, that made no damn sense. And the first, we talk, I talk a lot about how I liked the first Venom movie mm-hmm. because he was Venom in a lot of the movie. This movie, we had him doing the what'd you call it earlier the little shop of horrors thing with the head talking and yeah. arguing and you know having that bromance but you only see venom be venom there's one scene where he stops a mugger and then there's a final fight scene that's the only time we actually see venom in action which was a freaking waste man like you don't expect much from venom you know you expect some witty banter and then you want to see Venom just tearing things up. And we did not get that. And I want to know why. Why? Well, it, it, it really leaned into buddy comedy film. That's what I feel like. I, I don't know about yeah. action movie. I watched a buddy comedy, yeah, kind of rom-com film. And it had some great moments. Honestly, it had some really fun, enjoyable moments. Did I think the film worked very well? I don't know about that. But I thought that scene... Where the shopkeeper lady was Venom. That was freaking good. <laughs> she was great. She was great. I was dying. She was great. That, that scene. So listen, y'all. If you're not gonna see the movie, maybe sneak into the theater and just find a find an opportunity to to pick out that scene and watch the post credit scene, and you'll see the two best things about the film. <laughs> I I didn't see Venom before this, so I saw part one, and then in two days I saw part two. And part one, it's like a 1998-2000 superhero. It's like movie. It's like like where Daredevil sat. Like it, it's like in there, but the action was pretty great. And this movie is exactly what the sequels were back then, which is pretty much the same movie over again, the mm-hmm. same beats. Which was weird because in the first movie, by the end of the first movie, we got that lethal protector. We got you guys are in sync. You guys are now, you know, he saved Venom and Venom saved him in the end. And they're like, we're together. But then we spend the whole movie to get them together again in part two. Like we've already been there. And then even with his his girlfriend, played by Michelle Williams, who's a beast of an actress. And in this movie, she's pretty much as sidelined as the girl. And it's like, why? Like in this movie, she says to him in part two, she's like, you always had an issue with commitment. And I'm like, no, he didn't. Actually, he was he wasn't a loser. Eddie Brock was an accomplished investigative reporter. The only thing that he did was wrong was going to your mail, email. And then when you think about it, he was right. The guy you were defending was killing 
hundreds of people. Like he, at the end of the day, he was a hero for doing that. And you're still talking to him like he's a loser. So it, it didn't track. I'm not saying she should get back with him, but it's like, if anything, your resolve towards him should be even greater. Because yes, he betrayed your trust, but look at how many people he saved when he did it. It was weird mm-hmm. to see them out. They, they, they forced back in the, you only care about yourself, Eddie. And it's like, that isn't tracking part two. That doesn't track here. And it was weird to see it here. Are you saying, Lawrence, are you suggesting that perhaps the people who wrote the second movie didn't watch the first movie before they wrote the second movie <laughs> and somehow they'd completely forgotten what they'd established and done? I think they just took the first movie and added more <laughs> carnage. Are you <laughs> suggesting that they took the first movie, added a little carnage, changed the title on it minimalistically and slapped it in for us to watch? I think so. And okay, here also is like hour and 37 minutes is the runtime. So there's probably a lot on the cutting room floor that got okay. left behind. Um, and Andy like Circus is a fun movie. wanted to see? No. No, it, it definitely probably not, not the movie. Not that, but, but probably things that didn't make it seem so simplistic, simple. Yeah. I felt like, you know, here's how I honestly felt watching a lot of it. I think there's a difference between cartoon content and comic book content and i was watching a lot of cartoon, cartoon content. content yeah yeah and it was across the board it was here's what didn't work about the film for me everyone was uh there was no straight character in the film for the comedy for eddie and venom's relationship to be so funny and comical i feel like the villain really needed to be the barometer for the threat assessment of the film and they cast a phenomenal actor, Woody Harrelson, who has great comic sensibility and chops, even within his drama. And so he was a crooked character. And then the the love interest that he – with the one eye, but she had an eye, the, the banshee screamer lady, she was a crooked character. It was like every character in the film was just off-center. And so there was mm-hmm. no barometer for me as an audience member to relate to anybody. Watching the whole thing, I was I was really at the end of it. I was like, "What? What did I just watch?" Like, I feel like it just wasn't a proper sequel. Like, it was just a buddy movie, or and they were just bickering the whole time, which was like annoying because you feel like again at the first one they kind of got to that symbiotic symbiotic uh unit unity, mm-hmm. and they you know they were on the same page, but now it's like all of a sudden you guys are fighting again. Like, what's what's the deal? It just it it just got annoying. At times, really, like they're, they're just fighting over the same thing. This guy needs to eat. You don't want him eating, and it's like, bro, like, like I that's it. Yeah, like it you have Venom, this extraterrestrial creature who's lived who knows how many years, and this guy who is an accomplished person not having to share the same space, and all you argue about is just food. Like that's yeah, right. It. And then why aren't you? You know, I, you know, I would have loved this movie so much if he would have embraced just eating bad guys. Because Venom was like, let me just eat bad guys. Because they, cause they talked about guys. that. They talked about how they came to an agreement. Like, I can only beat bad guys. So like, why did you go out and fight more bad guys? Like, At the end of part one. Like, yes. that was the thing. And the whole thing is now, how do you tell who's bad? So this movie should have picked up with, how do we handle this vigilante thing? Like, the next chapter. Um, and to piggyback off what you said, Jack, I don't mind if the characters are off-center. Because if the comedy is great and the characters are grounded, we get a Deadpool. Where everything's kind of off center, but the relationships are so real, it works. Here, like literally, the beginning of the movie when we get Cletus Cassidy and um Francis the girl, it is so grounded in just truth. 
and she's being taken away. And she's like, she's the only thing I love. But by the time we get to the grown up counterparts at the end, she's a caricature doing a kind of, I'm a villain. And it's like, yeah. but you set up like this is a real relationship with real stakes. Um, Woody Harrelson is an amazing actor. And I'm like, but when he did the voice for Carnage, it was so straight. And I'm like, no, I need you to be, you're crazy, over the top, voices in your head. You didn't seem, his Carnage didn't seem any different than the Venom-like creature they had to fight at the end of part one. Mm-hmm. It was like the same exact thing. Yeah. A bigger, stronger version, who was just a bigger, stronger version that Venom's afraid of that he has to fight against. Like, I didn't see, I didn't see Woody Harrelson in Carnage. I didn't see his Cletus in Carnage. Carnage was so resolved. Well, that was the other thing that was interesting. The the way it is portrayed in this, very little of the person is in the symbiote. And you see and you really saw that in spades when Venom mm-hmm. went body jumping from one host to the next host to the next host. There was no version of the host that affected him except for the shopkeeper. The shopkeeper mm. was the one moment where I saw a blend of the person host and venom mm-hmm. well i'll say that that was interesting because it wasn't the first female we saw him jump into but it was the first female form we saw him shift into right. which was True story mm-hmm. which means he might be re- he's symbiotic with her tom hardy what he found in the voice of venom is so brilliant because it's, it's i would have never imagined venom to sound like this i would never imagine that so for carnage i wanted something as equally over the top and unique because this yeah. guy's crazier. And this this symbiote child is crazier than his parent. Like Venom said, that's a red one. I'm scared of it. So what about this version is even off the rails? Like we don't deal with the red ones. I didn't get yeah. it. Yeah. Well, and, the, and was it red because of the host? Or it was just red because why was it red? Reasons. Right? We reasons, knew it yeah. exactly. Reasons, reasons, and that's a that's a problem with the content a little bit. And then the other thing was, I was sitting there going, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Is that easy to to spawn another one?" I don't know. There were some calls to things in this that was interesting. We saw Daily Bugle here yes. on his mm-hmm. laptop, so there's a Daily Bugle here, and we saw Shriek Francis the girl. They said her mutation is growing, yeah. her powers. Yeah, so this is the mutants. first time that we're hearing mutants outside of the Fox group of Marvel people. So Sony never, I don't think they were allowed to say mutants. Disney couldn't say mutants. That's why in uh, Age of Ultron, we saw uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. They couldn't say they were mutants. Like they weren't allowed to. Mm-hmm. So here, the fact that we're hearing the word mutant is very interesting. Uh, okay. So doing a little digging. Yes, sir. The Clintor, they are a feral, um, they are a feral type symbiote, and they are dangerous because they can bond fairly easy with their host. This is the this is Carnage. Yeah, I, and I didn't I didn't see that. I didn't see the feralness of it. I didn't see what made Carnage that different than Venom outside that he doesn't care about killing people. Venom doesn't have a problem killing pe- with pe- killing people. It's because of the host. Right. Yeah. But then right. what makes Carnage, if it's the host, that's where it's weird. I, I think it's because the host, because, I mean, you saw 
you saw my man jump across the across the table. I mean, the, the counter and just stop that. The uh, the counter attended out. Well, he's crazy. No he's, problem. He's, 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 he's out of his mind. Like he killed people. The way, and I could be wrong. My understanding of it is, and, and some big stuff happened in the comics this past year. And they introduced a whole new slew of characters. There's Scream is a yellow symbiote female with other powers, kind of a carnage type. There's a whole bunch of new Venom-esque characters that have come out. And it's my understanding, it's kind of like what the lightsabers are like. The person who has made the lightsaber, we established when we're talking about the Star Wars content, affects the color of the crystal, right? Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. it's my understanding with the carnage stuff, the venom stuff, that the host affects the symbiote like the symbiote's affecting the host. That's why now mm-hmm. there's yellow ones, there's red ones, there's Is there a blue one? Because that cop, his eyes were started to glow blue. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I was about to ask that. No, I see, I wasn't from the that was from the semi, that was from the mutant girl, the the, the shrieker yeah. chick. When she yelled at there was no explanation. There was no – if she was a mutant, would she pass her power? Well, they plant, they're her trying life. to plant seeds. See, yeah. I thought the scree- uh, the, the I thought that lady was going to be maybe the Scream character that was introduced into the Venom comics this year, mm. the yellow symbiote. And she, yeah. she looks dope. I was – to me, the way they killed Carnage off was interesting because, for me, Carnage is Venom's big bad, the way Venom is Spider-Man's big bad. And he just he ate it. He, he just ate it. And we didn't get to see Carnage till the end of the movie. We didn't get – they only had, like, one fight. For, for this movie to be called Venom, Let There Be Carnage, it should have been called Venom, We're Going to Wait for Carnage. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, there was a lot of Carnage leading up to it. Like second act of the the the, the second half yeah. of the second act. Yeah, yeah, but it was Venom, and then smaller text. Let there be carnage. You know, it wasn't like it wasn't like the Ang Lee Hulk where you spent almost an hour of the film waiting for the title character. But we spent an hour of the film waiting for the premise, which is Venom versus Carnage. Yeah, this is why, this is why we're here. If they had battled before you would have had the classic trope of all these other films where the hero fights the villain and loses has to come back stronger to win the batman trope and it's not I mean, batman it's, dude. it's it's almost everything but as long as there's a fight because like we're, we're not here for the we're not here for the monologues and the wonderful dialogue we're here for the action and we yeah. need to see venom and i love the fact that venom went to a rave I would have liked for him to drop a hot 16 real quick. <laughs> I thought he was about to spit some bars. <laughs> but it was like, I want to see the first movie. I really enjoyed the first half of it. I enjoyed everything before they got to the superhero part, because that's where it kind of felt more formulaic. I enjoyed Eddie investigating. I enjoyed him bonding with it, finding out what is this thing and Venom, what are you? I loved all that. Then we got to the, when the bad guy got the symbiote, it was like, oh, now it's kind of like, paint by numbers you're you're really bad and he's good and you're gonna fight and here i thought the similar way the way they started with you know cletus and and, and his girl in the asylum i'm like oh that's dope the way him and eddie were having this weird silence of the lambs type of stuff and then i trust you and the way he eddie broke the story and venom and him working together as a journalist i'm like that's kind of cool and then it kind of just got over it and got paint by numbers and almost got repetitive too yeah yeah so, 
I don't know, Chris. You're the you're you're a Venom guy. You, are you lukewarm on this? It's lukewarm. It's lukewarm at best. I mean, I like the first one a lot. We always joke. We always joke about how I like Venom, and I did really, really like the first one. I mean, it kind of suffered from the Wonder Woman thing, where I want to see Venom fight. I want to see Venom, and I don't see Venom. I don't look. The dialogue and the funny banter is fun for a little bit, but. I don't need to see an hour of freaking falling apart, a, 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 a falling apart bromance. They do this. They do the cliche. Yeah. This the, yeah. the sequel cliche is where the superhero, for whatever reason, loses his powers. So yeah. Spider Man Two, Superman Two, yeah. Scott in this, like every <laughs> Wonder Woman eighty four, like the sequel. There's somewhere where they lose their powers and have to gain them back at the end. Yeah, and it's like Eddie Brock. <sighs> although Tom Hardy's fantastic, Eddie. We've already we were already on the journey with Eddie with no powers for so long in the first one. I want to see him smash some stuff. That's exactly yeah. it. The Venom's not a deep movie. You just go there to see him turn into Venom and mess stuff up, and they didn't give that to us, and it left me. Uh, my son loved it, but no, the only thing, <laughs> that, the only thing that he really smashed is that Ducati, which is very disappointing. Extremely disappointing. Very disappointing. Yeah. Also. The first one, they were like certain sounds mess up the symbiote. Right. And like the sequel, it was like all sound Everything can mess up the symbiote yeah. if it's loud it's enough. Like, it's like they got lazy at the end. They were writing this like, eh, it's, it's getting yeah. late. Let's just slap the it smoke together. detector can do it. He'll just turn on <laughs> yeah. the, the, the smoke. I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was like a, a special frequency that can do it. Nope. Nope. But, um, but I had a good time. I was in the movie theater. I, I wasn't bored. I, I wasn't unhappy. Tom Hardy... With that, his performance, like even with the dull parts, is so he's so captivating to watch. And the Venom voice, like, it's hilarious. It is funny. It's <laughs> hilarious. Um, so I had a good time. I, was, I mean, good. I was just disappointed. With it. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I really sat there and they come into like in the middle of it, and especially at the end, I'm like, what did I just watch? I really just sat here and watched a buddy movie. Like two guys or two things bicker, a guy and his symbiote just bicker and complain to each other, then get into a fight, then break up, and then get back together, and then a little bit of fighting. <laughs> yeah. Very true. <laughs> so, it's like... so let's get to the real reason why we. Eddie Brock and Venom are on the beach. It's very romantic. Credits start to roll. Then we pick up with them in the hotel room. They're lying on the bed watching a telenovela. Venom pretty much says to Eddie Brock, like, I have an infinite amount of experiences and memories. And if I even showed you a glimpse of it, it will destroy your mind. And Eddie's like, show me a little bit. He shows Eddie something. And then, like, this thing happens. happens. And Eddie's like, what the hell was that? He's like, I didn't do that. That wasn't me. You did something. That wasn't me. And they look on the television. And it's J. Jonah Jameson. Basically saying Peter Parker is Spider-Man and there is Tom Holland on that screen and Venom says, I like him and licks that screen like it owed him money. Okay. Now, let me ask you a <laughs> no, question. Uh, before we talk about the no-brainer, the television screen and all that, I don't want to gloss over the question well, yes. that was posed. Because the question that Venom actually went to to explain to um, Eddie Brock's character profoundly changes the Venom content. 
What happened in the comics this past year was this awesome storyline in the Venom comic books called The King in Black. And basically, you had the original creator character of the symbiote, the, the Papa symbiote, traveling across the cosmos just wreaking havoc on his way to Earth. And nobody stood a chance. And so that power source is the thing that Venom is hinting at. Those are the seeds that are being planted at the end of the movie that they're tracking this content towards potentially this king in black, which would be just freaking incredible. Incredible. I must have missed that, but okay. Well, yeah, if, I, you didn't, if, if you didn't read the comics, you wouldn't have context for the content that they're actually talking about. But he's talking okay. about the hive. He's talking about the hive mind. Right. He's talking about the symbiotes that have been around for thousands of years. And he's talking about this yeah. big bad that exists out there. Mm-hmm. And so mm. when Eddie said, give me a taste of it, and he goes, all right, I'm going to let you know what's out there. My brain went to what's going on in the comic books recently. That's got to be it. And if they're doing anything and they're not doing that, then they're not doing the thing they should be doing. Well, they probably won't be because then we get to the television the screen. Okay, yep. so obviously they are saying, all right, the stuff that's going on in the Spider-Man movie now with Doctor Strange is affecting all Marvel cinematic content that has ever existed, ever. So there is now a version of Ben Affleck's Daredevil floating around out there. There's all versions of the Hulk. There's the Punisher from the Netflix series. There's anything and everything now exists mashed up. However they want to try to figure it out, the potential for it to work out is there. And this is where I say I don't think it's that only because of the legalities. When Warner Brothers are doing their multi-stuff and they can incorporate everything because Warner Brothers has have always owned all the DC stuff. So even Ben Affleck is still that that Daredevil movie still belongs to Fox. So they'd have to go into legalities to pull anything out of that incarnation. They'd have to if they want to use the Hulk, they have to do a deal with Universal to get the Hulk to do what they want. So I'm with you, but it's not as easy as what DC is able to do with theirs. It is what's on the table now, though. Right, they opened what it up they to a possibility. Yes, what they do in the post-credit scene is they go, hey, listen, man, and this is what Marvel is so good at. They're looking at not tomorrow. They're looking at 10 years from tomorrow. But that wasn't a Marvel. See, and that th- this is the thing. Sony is saying we're getting on board with this multiverse thing. Sony is saying we'll play ball with you guys and let Venom be part of this multiverse thing. That's not Marvel-wide. That Sony saying we'll bring but, our but boys. Here's, but here's what it is: it's Marvel content going. Well, you know, maybe Disney's not going to play ball with us, but maybe Fox will. So can Wolverine and no, uh, I don't. Maybe? I don't think so. Marvel was going out of business, and they licensed out all their popular characters. So now they having freaking legal meetings on just how to figure out these team ups. So I think we're at the mercy of. Who's doing business with who? And honestly, for me, that post credit was more about Sony saying we can take Spider-Man back anytime we want. Like we're we're letting the Marvel Cinematic Universe borrow Spider-Man, but we are building up our Sony catalog to the point where we are we're letting you guys know we're going to include Spider-Man in this Spider-Verse we're creating. 
It's only a matter of time. So play with him, do what you want with him, but he will be back. And there was a legal issue before Spider-Man 2 came out with whether or not Marvel is going to be able to make another Spider-Man movie because Sony retains the license. They have the license for Spider-Man. So Sony is letting Disney borrow Spider-Man right now. So for me, it was Sony was putting Marvel on notice like, yeah, do what you're doing with them, fine. But we are going to have a Spider-Man versus Venom movie, and it's probably going to be a, it's going to be a Sony production. Well, arguably a lot of logic in what you just said, but it sure as hell ain't half as fun as what I just said. That's now true. you got the Fantastic Four can be in this joint. You got nah. Blade can be in this well, joint. Well, Fantastic Four can be in it because they're Fox and Disney bought Fox, so Fantastic Four will be, but it won't may not be the Fantastic Four that we saw. I'm well, no, it, will be. it could be because they bought him. Well, yeah, but they bought him. Spider-Man are arguably is the figurehead of the whole Marvel comics. Like he's the guy. He's the Mickey Mouse. Right. But his movies don't push any phases forward. His movies are almost inconsequential. Like you can watch you can watch the phases without his movies and you don't miss how we get to Thanos because I think they know this is a character that we can't do too much with. It's almost like the Hulk. It's like we can't do too much because we don't have full freedom with him. So we're not going to paint ourselves in a corner we can't get out of with a character that we may not be able to make another movie with. You know what I'm saying? You know, I see. I, I agree with Jack. I I agree with your logic, Lawrence, but I'm hoping, hoping, but No, hoping, hoping. What I'm saying isn't logical. It's 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 fact. No, no, I, I know, but I'm <laughs> hoping what they saw is that they gave us a glimpse of what may happen in the future. And I think I, I agree with Jack is they you know, we got we got introduced to Thanos ten years before we saw him in a movie. Yeah. And I think you know, it, keep keep this in mind too. Yes, these are mega, mega, mega studios. But that Disney money's real money, right? Yeah. And what they're showing us right now is gonna be people are gonna be talking about that post credit scene and the ramifications of it. And that right there is financial capital, the conversation piece alone. Let me tell oh, you. But the, but the post-credit scene is Venom versus Spider-Man, and you don't need Marvel Studios well, to do that is, movie. It is Venom versus Spider-Man, oh. but it's but it's more. It's it's a connecting. It's a connection. And there's right. so much money to be made from the fans who want to see a holistic Marvel Cinematic Universe actually play out that Fox stands to make a ton of money, Sony stands to make a ton of money, Disney, Marvel, they all get to just rape us of every penny in our pocket if they can figure out how to play ball. When, when they showed that, there was an audible gasp from the audience. Like people, were, people were going crazy. I don't know what happened in your theater, but my theater... People yeah. are going crazy, yelling and going like crazy in the audience. So I think there's, there's, they know this. But that's a, that's a Sony win. What I'm saying is, you get that movie, and that's a Sony movie. You don't need Marvel Cinematic Universe for that gasp. That's Spider Man versus Venom. They can grab Tom Holland and put him in a movie anytime they. Yeah, want. I was not, I was Sony not movie. excited to see Spider Man versus Venom. I saw it last time. It didn't work out very well. What I was excited was to see Venom in the universe rich if you got something to say you got to jump in here man i mean you guys are talking money and studios and whatnnot i want to know why is venom infatuated with with spider-man like 
the reason, reason why he was infatuated with Spider-Man in the comics Lawrence is because he was linked to him. And then he got rejected. So therefore he had those negative feelings towards Peter Parker. But but let me let me say this. And then so, I would like to say, why is this grown symbiote perving <laughs> a child? Did you hear your pitch, Rich? Did you hear your pitch for your Spider-Man movie? Don't worry, dude, dude. We ain't gotta worry about that. We ain't gotta worry about that. We ain't gotta worry about that. I think happened with the multiverse happened. They may have a history. That's how I interpret it. Is the multiverse flash? Everything changed. He was in a different room. He was in. A, he was in a different place. He was in some guy's room. Everything is different. So maybe the backstory that we haven't seen yet is that there is a history with Spider-Man, or there is something there that we haven't seen yet. So you saying because the multiverse changed them? No, but they're out. But they're still them. They're not. Yeah, and they didn't know exactly what had happened. Now, Lawrence, you said something interesting the other day. You said that perhaps what Venom had recognized was the power source that Ooh. Parker was, and that yeah. alone for him was desirable. Yep. Like yep. TV because, licking desirable. Because in Venom's universe. With the exception of Shriek, who appears to be new, no one's walking around with powers. So for that symbiote to see a host like that, come on. I felt like that's what he was salivating towards. I think it will, maybe the symbiote also recognizes that this is who I believe I'm more in sync with. Just seeing Parker is like, because they're like the, the, the symbiote's always searching for the perfect connection, right? So maybe there's something that the symbiote recognizes seeing him on the screen that's like, hmm. Yeah. That might be it, or something, and they can come up with the reasons why. But, yeah, but then movie, now the third movie is the same as the first movie, is the same as the second movie. But we got Spider-Man versus Venom, so that's fine. I, would, I, here's, I, would, here's, I wouldn't accept. I wouldn't accept that 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 Spider-Man versus Venom because it's like don't the only reason why it's just Spider-Man versus Venom because both Venom and Eddie Brock have a problem with Peter Parker, so therefore they have a reason to fight him. Well, we're not getting that. That that's off the table. Nah, and you know the other the other problem with this Spider-Man versus this Venom is they're both the heroes of the story. Yeah. So you're not gonna pit them again. If those two went after each other, it would have to be to fight a bigger bad, and they already took out yeah. Carnage. So I would see maybe they will fight each other at the beginning and then team up. Exactly. I can see something kind of like right. that. Spider-Man Venom yeah. team up. That's kind of yeah. There, that's kind of the conundrum they're in when they made Venom barely an antihero. He's not even really an antihero. He's kind of almost hero. He's hero. Like, like, he's hero. He's not even doing what the Punisher's doing. <laughs> yeah. You know, if he was doing the Punisher, he'd be eating every bad guy, and it'd be yeah. like it didn't matter. Like, like there's still Eddie Brock has such a moral compass, which is different than the comic books. That is more. It plays more like the Incredible Hulk. If if like Bruce can talk to the Hulk in his mind, it probably play out like something like this. I hear what you're saying, Jack, about what this opens up. But for me, where Marvel lacks, where DC wins, is that I'm not interested in seeing a lot of their cinematic universe come back. Like I don't need Ben Affleck to come back as Daredevil. That doesn't excite me. I don't need. Okay, if Hugh Jackman came back as Wolverine, that'd be cool. But or not like I don't it, they don't have that Michael Keaton coming back as Batman thing with the exception of Toby Dolph coming Lundgren. back in Spider-Man. Well, Dolph Lundgren is Punisher. 
<laughs> you know? But you have to be naked and you have to be in the sewer the entire movie. <laughs> there you go. That's where that Punisher lives. <laughs> like you know multiverse. what? That's, that's not even what the point is, though. I don't, I don't need to see half of that content come back either. What I want to see is those characters crossing over. And mm-hmm. that's what they just opened up. They well, opened well, you, up the potential for these studios to start a dialogue because they know that the fans are hungry. But the studios are already – when Disney bought Fox, mm-hmm. they got Fantastic Four back. They got the whole X-Men back. So like, they, yeah. we don't need a multiverse to bring them in. They got them. You know, and, and and believe me, Disney's not going to like, let's go back to Brian Singer's X-Men. No, they're going to reestablish their own and yeah. cast brand new and new universe. So we don't need a multiverse for that. You can say when the snap happened, something happened in the genetic code of several people. And that starts mutants like you can come up with a million reasons to start mutants without the multiverse. That's actually pretty good. Huh? Yeah. They need to hire me, man. <laughs> but like the only thing the multiverse for me opens up as a fan is if we can get Spider-Man back. Because that's the only other franchise outside of Disney that they don't have access to. That's interesting. Do you I mean, what, do you want to see... I don't need Howard the Duck from the 90s. <laughs> and, and Howard the Duck's already in the content. He's back. Yeah, he's back. Yeah. What are you talking sure. about? You're right. What am I saying? So the multiverse is good in theory. What excited me about this is we're getting new established characters from different universes that could go at it. I'm excited to see this Venom and that Spider-Man, even if it's not a fight movie. I'm excited. The crossover, I'm dying to see. Forget all that stuff. I want to see freaking Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool and Tom Hardy's Venom <laughs> in the same movie. That'd be dope. That'd be dope. It'd be so weird. I want to I see Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool in every <laughs> everything every comic book movie. Like It needs to happen. Deadpool works because it's rated R. And, it, and, and yeah. they already made the decision that it's going to remain rated R even now that Disney's acquired it. Venom does not work as a PG-13 movie. Doesn't. That's why we didn't Everyone get... Everyone needs to get on their bandwagon, okay? Mm-hmm. That's what needs and to I, happen. And I get why they didn't, because, you know, rated R stands to make less money. You don't sell as many toys and stuff like that. The content yeah, needs to dictate the content, you know? And, and Venom is a violent anti-hero villain who freaking eats people yeah that was kind of my problem with the first one like why wasn't it rated r like it should have been rated r and it it forces it forces the content to try to fit into a box that it doesn't want to fit into and so it turned into this action buddy comedy you know odd couple thing and in part one the action was dialed back but it made sense because it's an origin story. So you know, in an origin story, half of the movie he does powers. That's because he doesn't have them yet. Right. Just, just part two, you don't have a reason why this is not action packed from the get go. And sure. they came up with some other reason why they're not. Because a, you're saving money by not having all these action set pieces, and b, y'all can't do Venom like you want to do anyway with a PG-13 budget. So we're kind of just getting shortchanged here, yeah. especially when you tell me. This is also Carnage. So whatever Venom has done in part one, I need to see Carnage do it in like bathing in blood and loving yeah. it. And we yeah, did like it. That, that scene when he hit, had when he pinned that uh, prison guard and his his tongue went into his mouth. Like I feel like it, it, it would have been better if there they would been like a little bit of blood and gore. And also of at course. the end when he when he bit when he bit his when he his head off, uh, it, it, it was it was like it was just 
something about just not seeing like a spurt of blood pop out or something. They can't. It was like a clean bite and just like boom, that was it. I was like, by them not showing you that, that's how they not. That's how they get away from it being R. If they don't show you like the blood and the gore and the entrails, oh, sure. and that and, and the one placed f bomb, it felt so yeah. Bad. It was like they're allowed one or two. Yeah, that's, they, like they, every they, they shouldn't have it at all at that point. Like it felt yeah. out of place. Yeah, uh, I like that. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. it, was it was no, 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 no big, there was no big, no big death scene for him. It was like f this. I guess that I had a good time. I think, I think the post-credit scene for me was kind of like what Marvel's done before, which is give us a dope scene and not really know how it's gonna fit. We don't know how it's gonna work yet, but we know this is cool. That's kind of how it felt. So this is dope. Time will tell where it goes. The ball's in your court. I wouldn't be surprised if something came out of it. I wouldn't be surprised if nothing came out of it. Because we have a whole multiverse movie that can erase the fact that this even happened right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Even though if I don't get Wesley Snipes' like- blade, though, give me if you're going to bring somebody back, bring me back. You better bring back Blade. In 57, man, you can always bet on black, Chris. Bet that. <laughs> so, okay. So, I guess the general consensus is that we're all pretty lukewarm. Rich is disappointed. Sebastian loved it. Loved it. <laughs> Best movie he's ever seen, according to him. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. All right. I mean, that that's Venom. If you like the first one, you probably enjoy this one. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> it's not great content, but it's fun. So it's if fun. you're looking for fun, you're looking for an excuse to to venture out, be safe doing it and have fun. Do we have some recommendations, bro? Sure, why not? So I want to give you guys some off-brand terrible sequels to check out. If you liked Venom and you like terrible sequels that followed it, you will be big <laughs> fans of number one, Ghost Rider, Spirits of Vengeance. <laughs> Cage, yeah. Nicholas Cage at his cagiest. Which is better than part one, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, it was good. It was good with the multiple Ghost Riders. Um, number two, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Just try and get past Jessica oh. Alba's blue contacts, which are horrendous. And the fact that Gal- Galactus is a storm cloud. <laughs> yeah. one, of the coolest, one of the coolest, coolest villains is a storm cloud. This cloud in space. So my number three recommendation is Punisher Warzone. Rated R, super violent. It's, it's, a, good, it's a fun ride. Explosions, killing. You know, it, it delivers what it promises. And then my last, my and my number four is the Judge Dread, not the Stallone one, but the <laughs> the secondary one with with the lady from Game of Thrones is Ma Ma, which was a, a really weird name for a bad guy. But <laughs> that's where we're at. So those are my those are my four movies that are terrible off-brand sequels, comic book sequels. I've never seen this. The other Judge Dread. Does he? Does he say, "I am the law"? Does he do no, that he in does, this one? Is, is it a sequel? It's more of a. It's re- not, yeah, it was like it's a retelling. Not really a reboot, but it's a. Uh, it's it's kind of the same vein as the Punisher, where they don't really they don't really restart it, but it just picks up as if he was going along the whole mm-hmm. time. So yeah, check them out. They're, they're they're all fun. They're all terrible movies, but they're fun watches. Nice, Chris. Nice. <laughs> dope, dope, dope. 
<laughs> well, as always, this is always my favorite time in the week geeking out with you gentlemen. Thank you guys so much for listening. Give us a like and a follow. And, you know, on iTunes, give us five stars and write us a little review there. It helps with the algorithm. If you're enjoying the content, you can find us on social media. We're Three Brothers and a Shot of Milk on Instagram and Facebook. We're dropping content every day, all day long. Just fun geek stuff. So hope you guys had a great time. We'll see you same bad time, same bad channel. Peace.